Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. On a mission to bring the benefits of sport to kids everywhere, they go beyond technology to provide leaders with professional development and relationship building, and to work with sports-based organizations to address issues of accessibility and equality. To learn more, find them at League Apps com or as league apps on all of the social networks now here's the host of the show longtime soccer broadcaster and voice of united soccer coaches dean linky i am dean linky this is the united soccer coaches podcast it is presented by league apps and we have another great show grant wall the prominent soccer journalist who tragically passed away covering the men's world cup is the fourth recipient of the Clay Burling Media Center of Excellence Award. His accomplished wife, Dr. Celine Gounder, will kick off the show talking about the late, great Grant Wall, who was beloved by all who met him. After Dr. Celine Gounder, Todd Yeagley, the 14-year top man for the Indiana Hoosiers, joins me on the show. In his 14 years, he's won more games than anybody in the country, taking his team to five college cups and winning the 2012 National Championship. Of course, they were also in last year's National Championship game. I'll have the call on Friday night with Tim Lenahan in College Park as the Indiana Hoosiers will take on Sasha Sarosky and the Maryland Terrapins in front of the crew. It should be jam-packed as Maryland fighting to get into the Big Ten tournament and make a run to make it to yet another NCAA tournament. It's Indiana and Maryland Friday night on the Big Ten Network, and Todd Yeagley is on the show. Manny Martins is the head coach for Utah State. Earlier this year, they beat number one BYU. He's part of the black soccer coaches community, and he's had a wonderful career. And we break it down with Manny Martins. And we finish the show with Rob Herringer, recently named the new director of coaching education for United Soccer Coaches. It was announced just a couple weeks ago that he will receive the 2023 Mike Berticelli Excellence in Coaching Education Award. Rob Herringer wraps up the show. It's a good one. And it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, Lee Gaps. We bet you didn't get into this business for the back office duties. That's why we created League Apps, the industry's leading youth sports management platform. So you can spend less time with busy work and more time doing what you love. League Apps provides organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast, presented by League Apps. Once again, here's the host of the show, Dean Linky. On October 12th of 2023, United Soccer Coaches announced the selection of the late Grant Wall, prominent soccer journalist, as the fourth ever recipient of the Clay Burling Media Career of Excellence Award. The award was established in 2020 to provide an opportunity for the association to recognize a media professional for a distinguished career covering the events and issues of soccer in the United States. It is named for Clay Burling, the founder and publisher of Soccer America. Burling is the only media member to have been named a recipient of United Soccer Coaches' prestigious honor award in 1996. 
Grant Wall began his journalism career as an intern with the Miami Herald in 1996. Following his internship, his illustrious career blossomed as a distinguished contributor for Sports Illustrated from 96 to 2021, Fox Sports from 2012 to 19, Sirius XMFC from 2013 to 16, and CBS Sports from 21 to 22. In his decades of sports reporting, Grant Wall covered eight men's World Cups, five women's World Cups, and six Olympics. In addition to covering the highest levels of international soccer, Grant Wall was the best-selling author of two books, The Beckham Experiment in 2009 and Masters of Modern Soccer in 2018. Since his untimely death on December 9, 2022, while covering the 2022 FIFA Men's World Cup, he was honored by the National Soccer Hall of Fame as the recipient of the 2023 Colin Jose Media Award and was named the Kansas City Sports Commission Spire Community Champion in 2023. Highly regarded in the United Soccer Coaches family, Grant Wall was a frequent attendee at past conventions. Grant Wall grew up in Mission, Kansas, where he was a graduate of Shawnee Mission East High School, he then attended Princeton University before beginning his journalism career. Grant will be honored on Friday, January 12, 2024, during the United Soccer Coaches Annual Awards Banquet in conjunction with its 84th Annual Convention, January 10 through 14 of 2024 in Anaheim, California. He is survived by his brother, Eric, who has already used social media to express his heartfelt appreciation for Grant receiving this award and his wife, Dr. Celine Gounder, who will kick off this week's show. Most of you will know the name Dr. Celine Gounder as well. Dr. Gounder is an American physician and medical journalist who specializes in infectious diseases and global health. She was a member of the COVID-19 Advisory Board Transition Team on then-incoming U.S. President Joe Biden. In fact, Dr. Gounder actually appeared on multiple United Soccer Coaches webinars during the peak of COVID. Dr. Gounder trained at Princeton University, Johns Hopkins University, the University of Washington, and Harvard University. Dr. Gounder is an internist, infectious disease specialist, and epidemiologist. She is a CBS News medical contributor, a senior fellow KFF, and editor-at-large for public health at KFF Health News. Dr. Gounder is also a clinical associate professor of medicine and infection diseases at New York University's Grossman School of Medicine. She is also a member of New York University's Stearns Volatility and Risk Institute's Faculty Advisory Board. She is one of the world's leading experts in science, medicine, and public health communication. Dr. Gounder is best known for her coverage of health inequities and the COVID, Ebola, Zika, mental health, opioid overdose, gun violence, and disinformation epidemics. Prior to joining CBS, Gounder was a CNN medical analyst and a guest expert on numerous other networks, and as I mentioned, was featured on at least two right here on this medium. There is truly so much more we can talk about as it relates to Dr. Gounder, but today we start the show again remembering her late husband, Grant Wall. So with that, we welcome Dr. Celine Gounder. Doctor, as I mentioned before we came on the air, it was great to get to know you during the peak of COVID. So impressed by you. But today we are here to honor your late husband. Thanks for kicking off this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Dr. Gounder, under you know tough situations, good to be reunited with you. 
as I mentioned before, so impressed with you in so many ways. But, you know, right now it is about your late great husband. And this is a big award. There have already been three incredible media members named. And there are going to be more awards coming for your husband. You know this probably better than anybody. When uh, you got the news that he was receiving this, can you put in the words uh, how it made you feel? Well, very proud, of course, but also very sad that he's not here to receive it himself. I think all too often in really any walk of life, we don't recognize people while they're alive. And then once they're, they've been lost to us is when we shower all of the um, praise and adulation. And um, I just wish he could have been alive to receive it himself. Perhaps knowing him better than anybody on this planet what would he say about all of this affection and adoration? Oh, you know, he was a um, self-deprecating, uh, humble Kansas City guy. He probably would have chuckled. He had this thing he would do with his shoulders at the same time. And I think he would have loved it, but at the same time, wouldn't have let it go to his head by any means. I like the fact that you word use the word love because the way I understand it, his two main loves were you and what he did covering soccer. Is that fair to say? I, I think that is fair to say. Those were his two great loves. And, um, you know, he started off in covering uh, college basketball, but his dream was really um, to get to the point where he could cover soccer full time. He eventually got there around uh, 2008, 2009, and was so excited to be able to bring the world's sport, the beautiful game to Americans in this country. What was it about, and I do want to get to your love story and how you met, but uh, before we get there, what was it about Grant that he had this kind of immediate draw? Even when he came on TV, similar to you, you kind of were drawn to him and you wanted to listen. You know, you wanted to know what he had to say. I think he just had this openness and curiosity. And I think when you're around other people who are just so open, so curious, so enthusiastic, it's it's really infectious to be around that. And so I think that's what he brought that was so um, important and unique. I think it's not to say that he did not hold people in the sport accountable. He certainly did. But there was a lack of cynicism that you might see among other sports journalists in terms of how he covered things. It was not self-serving. It was really about elevating the sport. And sometimes that meant elevating in a tough way, holding the sport to account. Sometimes it was really just celebrating the sport. You know, it's interesting as I think about the time I spent with you on those two webinars, you may not remember this because and I doubt you will, because I felt like you were on TV every day. And I actually felt like you were the best, quite frankly, I'm going to, I am going to sound like a sick fan, but you were the <laughs> best at truly telling what was going on with COVID. I think, you know, this as well, you were outstanding, but we did have a moment before we got rolling where you asked a little bit about my career. And ironically, I have a high achieving wife that I'm super proud of that's over in Paris planning all the hospitality for the Olympics right now in 2024 and does the Super Bowl and and so many other things and then you happen to learn that I you know was the press officer for U.S. soccer's women in 91 World Cup in 94 and the first direct communications for MLS and and so you kind of asked if I knew Grant and and I did but we kind of missed cycles just a little bit right because he he came in in 96 
when I moved over to become a full-time broadcaster with the, the Colorado Rapids. One of the things that I liked about that conversation is, is you know, when uh, a couple gets together and they both have their careers, I think it kind of shapes their relationships as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, certainly. You know, a lot of our friends used to say we were a power couple. And to me, being a power couple means you empower the other person, you inspire them, and you also help them see things maybe a little differently than their colleagues might. I mean, to me, it was very important to be with somebody who was not in medicine or public health, who just had a different perspective on the world. And I think for Grant, similarly, you know, the fact that public health, um, my profession has this very strong social justice um, mission philosophy, I think certainly rubbed off, rubbed off on Grant over the years. You know, I think for me, learning about soccer was really, um, frankly, quite helpful in some of the work I was doing on the ground, um, particularly in Southern Africa, where it's sort of this common language and way you can communicate with people. Everybody has their their team. It's, it's just a way of um, bridging divides um, across people who might not otherwise think they have much in common. So can you share with us your love story a little bit? And can you tell us how you met and a little bit about the courtship and that type of thing so we can uh, understand how you guys came to uh, come together and get married? <laughs> yeah, it was a very different time. Uh, we met before social media existed, so several years before Facebook existed. Uh, there were certainly no dating apps. Um, mm -hmm. We were in college. He was a year ahead of me. He was a um, senior. I was a junior. We were in the same eating club. So eating clubs at Princeton are a little bit like a fraternity or a sorority, but they're co-ed. You have all your meals there. It's where you hang out evenings and weekends. Um, and so we would have a lot of dinners together. It was very, you know, sort of low key, casual um, at first, just hanging out with our friends. And then, you know, there were a couple of times where it seemed like there was a spark um, more. And I remember distinctly one time I was walking across, there's this big quad um, near where the Daily Princetonian is located. Um, and I was crossing that with a friend. Uh, Grant was coming in the opposite direction. He was on his bike and he hopped off his bike and stood there talking to me, well, us, for quite a long time and was clearly going out of his way to like have this conversation. I remember that standing out to me. And then, I don't know, it's, it's, it's just um, the way we dated back then was different. Um, it wasn't like a formal date where you asked somebody out and the boy came to the door with flowers. <laughs> it wasn't like that, but it also wasn't the way it is now um, where you find people on the apps. It was just organic and easy and natural and, you know, I, I wish I wish more people got to experience it that way now. Amen. That's that's how I met my wife. That's that's so well said. And you were so gracious to talk to me before we came on the air, knowing that, you know, December is around the corner and, you know, the anniversary of his passing will will hit. And then shortly thereafter, we will recognize him uh, in front of a couple thousand people on what is always the biggest night of United Soccer Coaches Convention. Can you put into words, you know, what that's going to mean when we do get to the one-year anniversary of his passing? Yeah, there's um, 
I have to say November and December are going to be really heavy. You know, early November, we're hosting a fundraiser with the John Ritter Foundation. So um, John Ritter also passed away from an aortic aneurysm. And um, his widow, Amy Yazbek, has been very kind and supportive, actually, in the aftermath of Grant's death. So that will be a fundraiser first week of November, first weekend of November. Uh, for people who are interested in donating, it's the johnritterfoundation.org. But um, some friends of mine are also running on a team in the New York City Marathon to help fundraise for this as well. But that's going to be hard because um, it's really... Uh, an evening, uh, an event that is centered around Grant's life this year. Um, and that's just the beginning of this season of anniversaries and commemorations and memorials. You know, the first Thanksgiving without Grant, uh, his birthday in early December, um, he celebrated his very last birthday last year. He would have been 50 this year. A week later is the anniversary of his death. And then, of course, the anniversary of the remembrance or memorial service and then Christmas. And so, you know, I just look at between now and the end of this calendar year. And then of course, you know, the award you all are giving him, some of these things are quite an honor, but it's also, um, it's really hard. It's sad. It's sad that he's not going to be here for any of it. Are your intentions to be in Anaheim for this ceremony or will it not work with your schedule? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not able to attend. My brother-in-law, Eric, um, we try to divide some of these things up depending on who's available. And, you know, of course, we're, if we can both be there, it's nice to be there to give the other one support um, because, frankly, these events are bittersweet um, and can be very hard. Uh, but uh, Eric will be in Anaheim um, to receive the award on, on our family's behalf. How much can you share with us about what Grant experienced over there at one point he was, I mean, for lack of a better word, detained. I don't know if that's the right word, Dr. Gallander, you're so much brighter than me, but can you remind us about, you know, kind of what took place over there? I think you did come out and say they're unrelated, but I think it's worth reminding people. Yeah. So Grant had worn a rainbow soccer t-shirt um, in support of uh, LGBTQ athletes, as well as in support of his own brother who is gay. And understanding that people in Qatar don't have the same freedoms, um, LGBTQ people don't have the same freedoms as they do in other parts of the world. Uh, and he was attempting to enter the soccer stadium for his job, his regular work, and was detained and told he could not wear that t-shirt in the stadium. Grant's brother, at first, in the first um, hours after we learned of Grant's death was worried that somehow his death was related to his wearing that t-shirt, that it was somehow retribution um, for that. It was completely unrelated. Grant's aortic aneurysm, um, in retrospect, given some of the scar tissue we saw on the autopsy, was likely brewing for years. And unfortunately, fortunately, he was so healthy in his life in other respects, that he never really needed much of any healthcare other than just the usual annual checkups. And so, you know, even a chest x-ray he had never had, much less a CT scan or something, um, you know, more, more um, detailed that would have revealed this. And so while I know, you know, it's natural for people to want to find explanations, the simple explanation that might come to your mind first is not always the correct one. And, you know, in this case, it was um, probably a genetic predisposition um, that contributed to this. And, 
you know, led to this really unexpected, horrible outcome. Is there any way all of us can use the passing of, of Grant Wall, particularly in your, I can't think of a, a better person to ask. I mean, is there, should we be doing x-rays? I mean, what is your recommendation for, you know, maybe trying to find that that this kind of issue is could exist in, in each and every one of us? Yeah, I think sometimes pe the people want to think, oh, if I just get more testing, that's going to help here. Um, frankly, the most important thing is for people to share their family medical histories with one another. And I think this is one thing that that came to light after Grant passed is, you know, like every family, um, not everybody gets along. I, I think that's, I, I think there are very few families where that's not the case. And so people may not be transparent about what's going on with them in terms of their health. Unfortunately, that means certain things may not be shared that could be life-saving. And frankly, that family history, that sharing of family history is more important than any test you could be doing uh, because we don't always know what to test for. And having that information is what allows physicians and other healthcare providers to figure out how to tailor their care for you. Grant Wall is the recipient, the fourth ever of the Clay Burling Media Career of Excellence Award. He'll be recognized in January in Anaheim on the special Friday night for the awards banquet. If you were there and you only had a couple sentences to describe your husband on that stage, let's pretend you're you're there. What would you say? Grant is uh, a big reason, maybe the most important reason Americans love and appreciate soccer the way they do today. Wow, that is so well said. And I think we'll leave it with that. Dr. Selene Gounder, let me also express my gratitude for all of the world for the work that you continue to do. We talked about it uh, in your open and the fact that you had spent time with United Soccer Coaches long before Grant passed away. Uh, hopefully that makes you feel a little bit part of this award in some way. Is that is that fair to say? I think that's fair to say. You know, I um, have been part of the soccer community in some way, shape or form for uh, many years now. And so it, it means a lot to me and, and the rest of my family. Kicking off our show with Dr. Celine Gounder, the wife of the late great Grant Wall, who will be recognized in January as the fourth ever recipient of the Clay Burling Media Career of Excellence Award. Dr. Gounder, thanks for kicking off this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast. My pleasure. A truly amazing woman who had a truly amazing husband that will receive this well-deserved recognition by the United Soccer Coaches. When we return, we'll talk to Todd Yegley, the head coach of the Indiana Hoosiers, I'll have the call Friday night, 8.30 on the Big Ten Network at Maryland Ludwig Field, the home of the crew and the home of Sasso Swarovski's Maryland Terrapins as Indiana and Maryland go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Todd Yegley, Indiana's head coach, after this message. The home of all coaches is headed to Anaheim, California. Join us at the 2024 United Soccer Coaches Convention held January 10th through the 14th. For our first time on the West Coast in over five years, we're pulling out all the stops with brand new special topics diplomas, world-class presenters like Randy Waldrum and Carla Thompson, one-of-a-kind pop-ups, 200-plus education sessions, and so much more. Register now by going to unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. Register before December 14th to beat the price increase and join us in Anaheim.
Tonight on the Big Ten Network, Thursday, October 19th, I'll have the call for Big Ten women's soccer as Mike O'Neill's Rutgers Scarlet Knights take on Lori Walker Hawks Ohio State Buckeyes. On Sunday at noon Eastern time, a special wild card Big Ten women's soccer game on BTN. I'll have the call that could determine how the top eight shape out for the postseason for Big Ten women's soccer. And next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, I'll be in Evanston for Russell Payne's Northwestern team as they take on the Indiana Hoosiers. And speaking of Indiana, Friday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's right, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, a special Big Ten El Clasico as the same Hoosiers team will be in Maryland, Ludwig Field to take on Sasso Swarovski and the crew. The Hoosiers are red hot, having won three in a row. And with that, I'm pleased to have their head coach, Todd Yeagley. Before I welcome him in, I want to remind everybody that he had an unbelievable career for the Hoosiers. He was named the Indiana head men's soccer coach back in 2009. Since then, no NCAA Division I men's soccer head coach has more wins or college cup appearances, five, including the 2012 National Championship, Indiana's eighth star. This is Todd Yeagley's 14th season at the helm of the Hoosier program. He is a four-time Big Ten Coach of the Year, has led the region staff of the year three times, and in 2012 was named, of course, the Soccer America Coach of the Year. Indiana has earned a national seed, an NCAA tournament first-round bye, and an NCAA record nine seasons, and an all but one season of the Todd Yeagley era. The program's recent excellence has been in part due to Ragley's emphasis on defense. In each of the last seven seasons, Indiana has ranked top 11 nationally in clean sheets, totaling 87 shutouts in that span. Can't wait for Friday night. And with that, I welcome in Todd Yeagley, the top man for the Indiana Hoosiers. Todd, the El Clasico, as Tim Lenahan calls it on Friday night. That's going to be awesome. It's always fun, Dean. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, I know a lot of people enjoy listening to this, as I have in the past. So thanks for having me. Yes, Maryland is, um, you know, they're obviously a class program and they haven't, been an original Big Ten, but uh, since they've arrived, obviously it's been a great addition to the conference. And every time we go to Maryland, there's a certain um, excitement in the air. Both programs know the game has certainly importance, whether it's early in the season, middle or late, always has big importance nationally and obviously conference. So no different here. Um, this is a massive game for both of us. And, you know, we're really excited to to have a, a great opportunity on, on uh, Friday night. And it's kind of cool that it's 8.30 because you know it's going to be rocking with the crew because, the you know, Maryland and, and quite frankly, Todd, as you, as you know, both both you guys need three points in, in all your games pretty much right now, right? Yeah, three points are important for us to make a, to make a run at it. And Maryland, obviously, is, points are important for them. It's I mean, it's it's wide open, I mean, Dean. And, you know, looking back last year, we had the same record at the, at the halfway point. And I told our guys, you know, get ahead into game five, uh, Penn State, that uh, or at Penn State was our fourth game, that you know, listen, you know, we've had a couple ties. I thought, you know, we were un unfortunate not to get those wins. I think you might have had one of those calls the Michigan game. I thought we were were really good and just couldn't find a goal. Wisconsin, I thought we were a little unfortunate not to find a goal in that game. But I said, listen, you played for a title against Maryland at home with the same record. I think this league is going to, we're going to all kind of just tick away points. The top to the bottom is so darn good that whoever's ahead of us, there's a good chance they're going to drop some points. Um, and and that's already happening. So it, it's wide open. It makes this league, I think, um, so incredibly challenging to win it. And that's why I was, we're really proud of our, of our history of, of, of being so competitive in the conference, but 
yes, both teams, big implications. Um, you know, hopefully it's a, a great game and, and, uh, and we're excited. Todd, I got to kind of live the Indiana life this past May. And obviously I've been at the big 10 network for 17 years and, you know, I, I call the godfather the godfather all the time probably too much i've been electrocuted a few times for it we've talked about it the fans out there joke about it but i really got to live it by you inviting me to be a part of your 50th and i was blown away by you particularly and how much effort you put into it it was three special days in may celebrating 50 years of excellence all eight national championship teams were there i mean it was just spectacular every single part of it and Todd, I mean, as I say it again, I mean, the work that you put into it with your staff, can you just reflect on that? Because I've seen you a lot, but I've never had you on the podcast to talk about what happened in May in Bloomington. Well, I knew we had to go big, Dean, and and I and all of our alums, you know, the expectation is always, you know, top notch. And so we couldn't we couldn't just throw an OK 50th. That wasn't in the card. So we had to go big and we had to do every detail and. And I really wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be part of all the, the 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 big, small, um, little moments in that, <clears throat> in the in the setting it up, um, and you know, the vision of what we had. And to <clears throat> remember when I first, you know, we and Don Rawson and some of our really important alums were so important in the in the in the in the ideas. But at some point, I go, okay, these are the things that we got to focus on. And and when I started going to the administration, like, okay, hey, we need to get. I'm thinking about this double MC and, and I want to bring Dean Link in. And they're like, what? We got people here, Todd, that can do it. I go, no, we got to bring in some, some big hitters. One that, you know, I've seen you do it, you know, at the United soccer coaches, you're just phenomenal MC and and you have a voice and you have a recognition. I thought it was really important to, to have a national um, scale um, personality up there. And then we have our local gym with, with Mike Glasscott. And I thought it was just phenomenal on how you two, help you know move the whole weekend but yes it was a labor of love and it was it i mean i i think it's karma i don't think i did a thing for my own wedding but i felt like it was a wedding that we were planning from every detail to where the tables are going i mean we we were sitting at my parents house because we're the only ones that know every every person so we did table assignments and it really was between my mother father and i that we did all the tables and we have the cards out and we're putting people and we know who could be with who. And, you know, it, it, it was so fun at the whole time. I mean, it was a lot of hours, but it never felt like it. it. And it turned out, you know, wonderful. And so, yeah, it was really neat to have you Dean. And, and I do, you know, you did obviously get a little inside look, you know, a lot of our alums and have been around the sport a long time, but I think obviously you got a, a good inside view of, of uh, you know, what, what great people, we've been able to to have in the program and and how they love to give back and give back through time and support uh, not just financial but just their support and their they're they're always there for us you know on the road or a phone call I'm helping with our recruiting they're so important in our recruiting um I'll get calls from our alums all the time hey Todd have you seen this player I've heard about this player what do you think and and that we have them all over the country so it just, it continues to help move us forward. And we wanted to go big for 50 and kick off what hopes to be another amazing 50 that hopefully I'll be a part of for a while. And then uh, at some point, moving on to whoever will be the next caretaker. But 
it's uh it was a reflection of my life for me personally it was you know I'm, I'm in my 50th year at that point and to see all the people that have like played a role in my life whether it was when I was super young the the guys in the 70s to the 80s the 90s my my peers the, we had the biggest group back then I was super pumped about that that mid 90s group we we represented strong um, and then obviously the the current group where I've coached and and now they're my son's age. It's, it's incredible. So that whole weekend, I was like a time machine for me because everyone I would see would bring back this memory uh, of not just them as a player, but just like spending time with them away from the field, the interactions we'd have traveling with the team or the, the fun times I'd have during summer camps because so many of our players and, and past players work that. And it was just amazing. A lot of fun. I mean, I'll tell you this, I've been a part of a World Cup, I've been a part of Olympics, I've been part of an MLS Cup, caught some pretty big games in multiple sports, but especially soccer, and without question, uh, being a part of that event is in my top five, uh, if not my top three, and it's a gift that keeps on giving, I felt like, uh, and it got extended, I want to get to that in a second, but I also do want to point out that as part of that extension where I saw you and Susie in Cary, and, and we'll get to that in a second, but I want to focus on Susie. Look, you've heard me talk a lot about my relationship with my wife, but seeing what Susie means to you and, and, and how you're able to do your job and that type of thing, and then knowing you know the godfather in Maryland as well, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about, uh, because I tell you what, she's really embraced the role of you know being the, the wife of the Indiana head soccer coach. You know, that's a a big job and she's got her own job anyway as well i mean she's bigger than that i mean she stands on her own two feet but you know the 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 way she serves as a true ambassador for your program is pretty special yeah she's amazing she's you know you know when, since we started dating and we dated during my early mls years and then got married soon after she uh i think she knew like what potential and I didn't know if I was really going to coach at that point honestly dean i, I didn't um when i was a player i was just loving playing but, you know, I think she was able to see and get a little, uh, you know, peek around the curtain with what, you know, my mother and father did when she was around my senior in college and she was around the team and, and, um, and got to see some of the things that happened at, at our events at the house or just how much interaction we have with our alumni that you wouldn't know that unless you're kind of around it. And I think she knew like, what what joy that would be and yet also like this is just a big you know your job is your life as well and it's it's all intertwined you don't you don't check out at you know friday and have it's a different life it's all interchangeable whether it's people visiting um alums coming back those are probably people that that had something to do with in, in your life and they're all connected to the soccer program so it's she's amazing at it and yeah, she's really talented in her own right, just as your wife. I mean, she's a rock star with she her her ability to um she's a functional movement specialist, really the best way to put it. And she's she helped uh three or four Olympians now um earn medals in in uh, swimming and diving. And so she's like she she's she's savvy, smart. So you know, way smarter than me, Dean. So which is great. Like we really balance each other out. We're different personalities. She's way smarter. Um, we, we're really good for each other. And I think that's a big part of you look at, you know, coaches that have had long success. It's really rare. There's outliers, Dean. I know there's outliers, but majority of them have had an amazing support system. 
being uh, their spouse, significant other, or what, my, or or extended family. And man, I do I have the best in that world. And uh, yeah, she's she's amazing, and she uh, she puts up with my craziness and the the what goes into coaching eighteen to twenty two year olds. And she always will speak her mind. She'll she'll say it right to me and what her opinion is on a certain thing, and not on the soccer tactics, but just uh, if she feels that I'm off a little bit. Or she'll pick me up when when I'm down and try just make sure I keep perspective. So uh, I'm very fortunate that way. You are because then you know you've got your three boys who are awesome, and then of course you've got the Godfather and your mom who were also very impressive that weekend as well on Friday night and Saturday night. Two iconic venues as well, Todd, uh, and that you know they were pretty much packed. I mean Saturday night you couldn't even hardly move. It was so, so amazing. And then you had the Godfather cap off both nights. I, I really liked the way you did that, Todd. I mean, it was so well orchestrated and it was nice for him to put a capper on it, wasn't it? It was. I mean, he's in his 84th year and he's doing really well, Dean, as you saw, but you know, every year is a bonus. Um, you know, his mind's sharp. He still feels good, but we all know when you get in your mid to late eighties, you know, you're, you're, uh, you just don't know. And, and, and he's enjoying every minute of this part of his life. He, he loves being around the team and, and coming out and watching practice. I mean, this is like, this is, it's such a fun thing for him and for him to live through the, the joy we have, you know, we're always loving the joy of our kids. Right. I mean, when they're happy, we're the happiest and that's all we want for our kids. Right. You know, success is, is, is defined in a lot of ways, but happiness is what we're looking for. And, you know, there's so much joy that we, that we're able to have. And for him to like, see that and be here and like, be a part of it is amazing. Um, I'm so happy he's able to do And my mom, I mean, she's, uh, you know, she's as much a part of the success. I mean, you, you look back at how it went from club to varsity, um, you know, the work, the weight documentary, which I know <clears throat> many of your listeners might may, may or may not have seen, hopefully they do. If they ever see it on BTN, you know, Tebow, and if you can't watch, I mean, it's an amazing documentary that takes, you know, how we became varsity and told the story of, of how it became. And then took it all, all the way through that first championship in 82 after those three tough heartbreaking losses against San Francisco, the same team in three finals. And then, and then kind of just fast forwarding to kind of somewhat current time. And that time it was the 2017 season. Uh, they, they filmed this for about two years and then we launched it in 20, but uh, they, they took shots of that Stanford, you know, tough loss in overtime Dean and, and you know, how that, you know, here we are still fighting for championships, but it's still not easy and you're going to have setbacks and you're not going to always be on top at the last game. And, it's uh, an amazing documentary, but but getting back to my mom, she was such a big part of all that. And yeah, you you need a, you need a team. You know, it's it's the, the coach gets way too much credit. Um, you know, for when things are going well, and honestly, it's a lot of the other people that do it. We have a lot of those great people around us. I love hearing from your mom and the Godfather routinely, and your mom just looks amazing. And we got to talk about your mom a little bit more because this sort of Indiana high that we were on with the 50th got extended like just a week or two later with the TST. And here come the Hoosiers with a team in the TST. I get hired to do like 20 games. I get the Hoosier game where Christian – Lamelli, you know, stands on his head, and I've got him in the Premier League now. One of the most thrilling games 
I've ever called. The team comes over to my house and just really special and got to meet my wife. And uh, that was pretty awesome too, Todd. And you kind of, you were the GM, you know, driving with Susie around, enjoying it, got to go to the beach. I mean, it was yeah. kind of an extension of the 50th a little bit, wasn't it? It, it was one, it was, it was, I mean, it was just a, a 10 days after two weeks and, you know, thank goodness Harrison Pets, you know, did, he did all the work, honestly, to get us there. And, you know, he threw me a title at the end just so I could feel a part of it. But uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, we had really no idea how cool that event was going to be. And we had just been in Cary for the final. Um, we obviously have been there before. We, there's been other final fours. It's a great venue. And to then put a team together kind of quickly um, and, and, and really put on a really nice show. I mean, we obviously lose in our group to the team that won it in a really tight match. Uh, and then Christian Lamella, you're right. You know, when that tournament was looking for the moment where you, you know, you lose a player in overtime until it becomes a two V two, you know, keeper and a field player. And so it's like a, a, a Christian scored the goal and that place went nuts. And, we saw you after you had called again, like 50 games, Dean, and we see you, you just look like you had been through the ringer, like your voice. I don't even know how you have one. And I was just going there to like, Oh, this will be fun. You know, like no stress. Like this is more like alumni get together. And like, I'm on the sideline, like feeling like my heart's pumping out, like it's a national championship. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? I need to chill out. Uh, it, it's still hard when you put the Jersey on. And although it was just for, obviously it's for a million dollars, but uh, just for fun, if you will, it's it still, it means a lot to us. And yeah, we're going to try to make that alumni kind of gathering weekend in the years ahead. We've already committed to, to go back. They want us back. I think they love having a couple college programs and us being, you know, the, the witness program over the last 50 years. I think they love the, the, the brand. And uh, you know, I think our, our game was one of the most televised games or reviewed games, I should say on, on the, on the, on the post recap. Oh yeah. I mean that, uh, yeah. that game is like the true staple of what that TST was all about. The game that you're talking about down, down to two players. And the fact that, you know, you guys got knocked out in your later game by the team that went on to win it is incredible, but it is that game that it came down to CeeLo just two V two was, I mean, just magnificent. And, and, you know, for me, I mean, you talk about hitting the sweet spot. Yes. I was, I'll admit I was gassed because it was eight games each day, eight games, right? And your game went a really long time, but I was still in my sweet zone because, you know, these are guys that I called. I mean, Frankie Moore looked like he had just left Indiana, right? I mean, he looked amazing. And the defender of the year, Grant Lillard looked amazing and he wasn't even perfectly healthy. I mean, Gutyar, I mean, all of those guys still were in great form and it was like just – I just said, woke up, you know, you know, just, and there it was, <laughs> it was you know what I mean? Was, a lot of those guys can still be playing, you know, in, in USL or MLS next pro they're definitely, you know, just in and around the MLS, but they decided to, to, to hang it up and do something different. And so you saw the quality that, that uh, you, the guys you mentioned, the Jeremiah and, and, and Grant and Frankie to name a few, but it, it was, it was so cool. The whole thing. And, and like you said, Dean, those are the things that bring our program together. Um, we had so many people that were watching it. I mean, Christian is like a celebrity now. Everywhere I go with him, recruiting events, everyone stops him. It's like, oh, CeeLo, that was amazing goal. Like, you know, like, man, so many people watch this thing. It's just also every goalie's dream, right, to score a goal. They all want to be 
what goalie be, becomes the striker in the in the men's league when they're done playing competitive soccer? And they all do, right? And they're all pretty damn good because they can strike a ball so well. That's all they do is they kick the ball. Yeah. So Christian's got a he actually does hit an amazing ball, and so I'm not surprised he scored. But you just don't get in those positions. So it was um, besides not getting through and, and making a run at the at the title, it was an amazing success. And you know, I want to thank Harrison in particular. And, and the fact we're going to go back and they've already asked us back, we're going to do it better. We're, I mean, I think Frankie Moore wants to run a mini camp in January and, mm-hmm. and, and start checking fitness levels. And, you know, we, we're going to take it up a notch, Dean, right? That's the way we do it. So Amen. Amen. we're going to go for the million this year. And, and the guys said if they want it, they were going to give a huge chunk back to our collective to help the program, which is just the sign of, you know, what, what our alums do. They always want to keep making sure we're, we're competitive and have uh, great resources. Awesome. I'm glad we got to talk about that. Uh, obviously, I've got you on to talk about tomorrow's game and then Tuesday's game against Northwestern. I'll have the call on Friday and with uh, Tim Lenahan and then on Tuesday with Patrick Duty. Looking forward to both of those games as well. And I mean, that's also been cool, right? With the launch of the Big Ten Network to, you know, follow you guys along the way. And these games on the Big Ten Network are exciting for your program, I think, Todd. Yeah, I mean, the network's been a game changer. I mean, I mean, it's changed the landscape of sports, obviously, with what we're seeing and and having, you know, the Big Ten Network kind of out in front of it. You know, you you being, you know, uh, I love that shot of you and Mike Clark doing one of the first, I think it was the second Big Ten game, uh, BTN game in the history. Also, it, it used, you know, playing UCLA at home. Mm-hmm. Mike looked like he was, you know, 25 in that shot. I don't know how old he was, but uh, that was, and yeah, just looking back at these, what, what the network's done for the, for the big 10 and, and given us a great platform and, you know, it, it continues to, to, to help our programs, obviously with the new TV deals, it's, it's a, a game changer for our departments, but, and then the, 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 having you and and having some of these, you know, past players. Now we have a couple obviously with Chris and, and Patrick, you know, now in the booth telling stories about their experiences and, 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 and that's so cool. And obviously you had, a, you know, Aaron Holbein was on a Wisconsin alum. And that's just neat to see the past players, Tim Lanahan, you know, a great coach in the big 10, you know, doing these games with you, Dean, you just, you tee them all up so darn well to make them look and sound great. Well, I'd say sound great. Look great. Might be different. Um, <laughs> you, you, you can't help them with that, but you definitely make them sound good. And yeah, it's just, it's so fun. I love, I love listening, you know, tune into the games and, and hearing, and you have such great throwback moments. You'll bring back some names that I'm like, Dean, I don't know how many people know that, but I remember that player, you know, you'd have to really be in the trenches as you are about, you know, comparing players, you know, you'll throw a comparison out. I think the Michigan game the other day and you brought Babyface assassin, you know, Robbie Mertz. I'm like, that's a, what a great little player for Michigan, but you know, he's been gone for a little bit, but we all remember him. Yeah. And, yeah. You have such a great, you know, recall of players. And, and that was, you know, I'm sure the TST for you, not only just our team, but there's all these players scattered amongst all those teams, right. That you might've called professionally or collegiately. And like, that must've been so fun for you personally. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of names. You probably like who in the heck is this guy, but at the same time, all these players are just going and doing cool things in the sport. It's neat to see the network, you know, bring people that have been a part of, you know, the big 10 landscape, whether coaching or playing, and now they're helping uh, tell the story and, and present it to the country. We're here with Todd Yegley, who is 
taking his team to five college cups. They won the national championship in 2012. I was also with him after that Syracuse game. And, you know, Todd, you impressed me there as well. You knew you had to be interviewed on the Big Ten Network. You kind of said, hey, Dean, I need a moment to myself. And you kind of collected yourself and then came back. And, of course, first class interview, that will always stick with me as well. I want to remind everybody that Friday night, 8.30 Eastern time, that's tomorrow, Maryland and Indiana, two storied franchises, 12 national championships between those two teams. And then on Tuesday, a really good Northwestern team where Russell Payne has done a great job. As a lot of you know that I've uh, been really pushing the black soccer coaches community and Russell Payne representing black soccer coaches is really awesome. You know, with that, as we close out our time and time flies when you're having fun, I mean, Seriously, Todd, I think we could probably talk for two hours and 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 get you know get a pretty good rhythm here, right? I mean, I think we could, but you know, I got to wrap it up. But I mean, part of the rhythm for me is also United Soccer Coaches and what I do for them, having been the voice for them for almost twenty years now. Back with the Fox Soccer Game of the Week, and and you know, really, we got to give Sasho a tip of the hat because I mean, Sasho helped shape my career by putting Friday Night Lights on, right? And that's what we're gonna have, you know, tomorrow night, Friday Night Lights. But you know, United Soccer Coaches. I always look out and if he's feeling good enough, the Godfather's out there, you're out there, you know what it means. The association's been really important to your family, has it not? It has. I mean, I've I started going when I was well, that would pop in when I was, you know, a young teenager and, and maybe if it was in the Midwest, go with my my dad. He might be getting he's been he's been awarded quite a bit. So there might have been an award he might have been receiving and my mom would go often with him and I and he she'd go almost every year, every other year. I would pop in here and there, but really starting probably from college and on, and, and even during my my pro years, we had that time off. So I would pop to the convention in January and 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 see people and be part of it. It's yeah, it's amazing. You you're just you're you after the convention, obviously they do a lot of programming and support throughout the year, but you know, at the convention is just it's it's our reunion as a coaches group and as a soccer community. And it's a way to see people interact and get inspired and and hear some great people speak, whether it's a field session or a classroom or, you know, meet people you've seen on TV or you've been connecting with on email and you finally get a face-to-face. There's nothing like the the face-to-face interaction, Dean. It's, it's, it's the most important. You have to have relationships that are, you know, outside of a zoom or a phone call. And that that's what I really value, you know? So the, the, the conversations in the hallway a past teammate, I haven't seen in 10 years, whether it's, you know, guy I play with the crew or you name it, it's just so fun to see and, and interact. And I just leave really pumped up to coach. That's kind of how I leave. I might be a little tired because the nights can get long, although my nights are a little bit shorter these years. I, I, I'm smarter. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not out as late as I used to be with in the young years, but you do you just, you come back super excited to coach and you'll, you'll take a new idea concept and, and, and integrate it and weave it into what you do. And that's, that's all what we're doing. I mean, we're teachers and we're always looking to improve our craft and that's learning from other people. And uh, that's the big part of what United soccer coaches does. And they they've obviously been around for a long, long time. And it's easy now to say United soccer coaches, Dean, I had a hard time transitioning from the old name. It's coming off the tongue now. And uh, I'm obviously excited to get to LA. I'm, it looks likely I'll be out there. I might have a, what, a conflict I'm still working through, but if I, if I'm there, I'm going to be doing a panel discussion this year. And um, I look forward to, you know, last year I was on a couple talks 
it's always fun to to share you know my experiences with the younger coach to see if there's something they can gain just like you know, I don't see myself as an older coach, but I guess I'm getting there, Dean. I guess I'm getting the, in no. the, the mid tiers, I guess. I'm not the no, young no. block anymore, put that way. <laughs> but I certainly hope I have a lot of years ahead. And if you go in with a, a, a mentality to learn, and my father always taught me that. He's like, you know, stay to the core principles. Don't don't waver in the wind with the the cool concept just to be to to have the, you know, the flavor of the week. But at the same time, there's always ways to learn. And and take ideas and, and tweak your craft. And he was, I thought, always good about, you know, evolving his coaching in a, in a very methodical thought through way versus, you know, not just changing because, uh, you know, the top European clubs play a certain way or his tactics work for them. It's like, he always stayed with his core values, but did change and tweak with when the game needed to. And that's, that's all we all have to, you know, but always had an identity of, of what was important to him and the program and core values of IU soccer. And, you know, I think those still are singing pretty strong today. And that's, uh, that's what we're proud of. That's uncanny. I just got the call yesterday from Dave Simeon to moderate that panel. And he said, he's hopeful that Todd Yeagley will be on it. I mean, just yesterday he said it. So uh, I know you're still kind of working things out to try to be there, but uh, I'll be moderating that panel, Todd. Uh, You're probably sick of me by then. I hope not, but uh, um, I'm not going away and I'll be there on Friday night for the big 10 El Clasico, eight 30 Eastern time, big 10 network, College Park, the crew will be rocking as the Indiana Hoosiers will be in town to take on Maryland. That'll be on the Big Ten Network. Todd Yeagley, the top man for the Indiana Hoosiers. Thank you so much for spending time with me on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. It's been a blast. Thanks, Dean. It has been a blast, and tomorrow night will be a blast. Coming up, we meet Manny Martins, part of the Black Soccer Coaches community, the head coach at Utah State for the women's soccer team. They beat number one BYU back in September, and I've been trying to get him on ever since while he's on. And you'll hear from Manny Martins, the head coach again of the Utah State women's soccer team after this message. College services registration is open for the 2023-24 season. Now is the time to register your program and begin receiving the benefits of United Soccer Coaches membership. As a member, you gain access to coaching resources, general liability insurance, awards and rankings eligibility, and so much more. As the home of all coaches, United Soccer Coaches serves to support coaches, recognize your athletes' accomplishments, and advocate for meaningful change that protects coaches coaches and players. Register your program today by visiting unitedsoccercoaches.org backslash college. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. I'm so pleased to be joined by Manny Martins, who is the head coach of the Utah State Aggies women's soccer team. I've been wanting to get him on since September 16th when they knocked off number one BYU by a score of 1-0. They just beat San Jose State 3-0 and they'll play UNLV tonight on Thursday night and certainly wishing them the best of luck as we welcome in Manny Martins. Manny, welcome to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Dean. I uh, have listened to to your podcast for a while, so it's definitely an honor to to be a part of it. Well, it's certainly my honor. And like I said, I talked to Michael Kadama back when you beat BYU to get your contact info and then one thing after another. But we're here. I want to start with that, and then I want to get to know you a little bit better. But it's not every day, Coach Martins, that you that you can beat the number one team in the country. I don't know where that ranks in your career, but I got to believe it's 
pretty high up there. Yeah, no, I mean, it, historically, is uh, you know, it's it's pretty special. It's not every day you get the opportunity to play a number one team, uh, let alone um, you know, and end up with uh, with a positive result. So yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a, a great achievement, as you know, in this career. You can't sit on those and look and think about them for too long. It's great, put on the shelf and then move on to the next game. But uh, but yeah, anytime you look back, it's nice to to have that to look back at. Yeah, big win over Jennifer Rockwood, someone who I've known for years and obviously one of the great coaches. So well done. And then you just beat San Jose State 3-0. Just talk about that win. Clearly, you guys were clicking in that game. So funny enough, as you know, having beat uh, BYU, um, you know, a one zero game and uh, and as much of an accomplished that was that was still at a time where we were trying to find some sort of consistency in our attack uh we've been we've been pretty strong defensively for a while now we're well organized we uh, have a lot of experience in our back line our midfield and the goal um and so we we're excited to see that we're starting to find a little bit of uh consistency in the attack inside of things so we scored two goals against uh Fresno State on Thursday, and then yesterday, you know, on Sunday we scored uh, three against um, San Jose, as you mentioned, and still preserving shutouts. So excited to see that we're kind of finding that balance and uh, and good rhythm going into the late part of the season. All right, awesome. Well, I want to wish you the best of luck as you head into the postseason, hopefully, and make a run. As we're here with Manny Martins, the head coach of the Utah State women's soccer team. And before we came on, I was all excited about the fact that you have Portuguese ties. My wife is Portuguese, grew up in Brazil, and I love that. And then the fact that one half of you is Portuguese, one half of you is African-American, right? Uh, yes. You said, which parent is from Africa? My mom. Your mom. So yes. incredible because I've been so moved by the black soccer coaches community. So, Manny, you check a ton of boxes that are exciting to me. Let's start with the, the Portuguese box because, you know, my wife is certainly proud of her Portuguese heritage. Yeah, you know, it's uh, and I think that's a Portuguese thing in general. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, been, uh, I've been in the U.S. for 30 years now. It was 30 years uh, earlier this month uh, that I arrived. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm proud to be here. You know, this country has been incredibly generous to me and has afforded me opportunities that uh, I don't know I would have had in Portugal. Uh, but Portugal is always going to be a, a place that holds a special place in my heart. Um, you know, we, I like to always joke that in Portugal, there's only two things that are important is uh, soccer and then Catholicism, which although I'm not c- c- uh, Catholic, but that's just was the two big things in a Portuguese culture. And, uh, you know, and I follow the Portuguese soccer very, very closely. I'm a, avid Benfica fan and um you know and I followed the national team uh very closely um so really important for me my wife and I always talk about we want to at some point when we can maybe try to purchase a place in the south of Portugal so that uh during retirement we can spend a lot of time there well I love hearing that because Leah's oldest brother who was a Moorhead scholar at North Carolina so I always bring the IQ level down when I walk into a room with him but he is working on getting the double citizenship um, as well with the plan that, you know, we might all move over to Portugal. So we're already aligned, Manny. That's, that's incredible. And then it's kind of random and, you know, I'm a softy, so people won't be surprised by this. My wife just booked, we're going to Lisbon and I've never seen Taylor Swift, but this phenomenon is going on and she's playing in Lisbon next year. And we're going over to see Taylor Swift just to say 
hey, we did it more to go to Portugal, but you know, I have a reason as well. Isn't that crazy? That is amazing. That is amazing. I mean, uh, I, I, have, have you ever been to Portugal? No. I think you're going to love it. Lisbon's a beautiful city. That's where I grew up. And okay. uh, lots of history, great food. Uh, I mean, you have a little bit of everything. And uh, and then obviously you get you get to see Taylor Swift in the process. So win win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you, man. You, this isn't about me though. This is about you. And then I think you know that uh, I have uh, really been advocating for the black soccer coaches community. The job that Nicole Hercules has done has been amazing. You mentioned that Kadani McAlpine when he was at Southern Cal got you involved a little bit. You did admit that you know you're focused right now on on Utah State and your women's soccer program, but it's in a, you know it's clearly a soccer community that's important to you it's one that moved me at the convention and uh, i'm really proud of it and then you know the other day i watched usa versus germany and you see so many prominent black players which makes you think you know we need more black coaches because if you've got that many players we need representation can you just comment on that no absolutely i mean it's uh it's one thing that uh you know having been you know in this profession for the better part of almost 25 years now you know, I, I now start to see more people that look like me, but still very, uh, very few and far between and coming through the ranks, just, just, I didn't see. And I remember early on when, uh, when I decided that I wanted to pursue a coaching career, I didn't really have mentors to, to lean on. Uh, I sort of stumbled, stumbled upon some like, uh, like BJ Snow and, uh, uh, you know, even having worked with Jill Ellis, uh, you know, but, you know, people that look like me. Yeah, it was, I mean, not until recent years where, you know, I'm uh, interacting with Kadani and, uh, uh, and, you know, and Kai and, you know, other people out here on the West Coast that uh, that are, are coming through the ranks. Um, so for me, yes, I agree with you. I think it's important to to have representation. There are some really good coaches out there that, that just... Uh, you know, fly it under the radar. I think it's important to find them, highlight them, you know, and and support them to so they can continue to 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 grow and um, and and represent our community. Because to your point, there's a lot of very good players that are impacting the game, um, and there's certainly people that finished their careers and can impact it from a coaching perspective. Great to be with Manny Martins, the head coach of the Utah State women's soccer team. They play tonight against UNLV. It's Thursday, the release day of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Good luck against UNLV. Manny, I like everything about you. I love the fact that you spent time at Oregon. Uh, I used to live in Westwood, big fan of UCLA. I love that you have spent time with U.S. soccer. I think you might still be spending time with U.S. soccer. You can clarify, but you know, look, you've kind of hit a couple of the nuggets, but tell me your whole story. So, you know, you said 30 years ago, but, you know, tell me about growing up and coming over here and every one of your stops along the way, if you don't mind, kind of your, you know, uh, shortened down elevator speech, Manny, but you've done a lot of cool stuff and continue to do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I I don't know how cool of a story it is, but I'll share it. So <laughs> I, uh, yeah, grew up in Portugal. I was there until, until the age of 17. And, uh, you know, I, I sometimes share this story with, um, um, you know, sometimes with recruits, but I always say, don't take this as an advice, take this as uh, what you shouldn't do. But, uh, but, you know, I've been passionate about the game since I was a kid, since I can remember myself. And one of the things I share is that I used to go to school and miss class to stay outside playing soccer. Um, and I got, I got in trouble with my mom plenty of times because of that. 
Um, but now I look back and it's, you know, soccer is just that important to me that I'm still uh, involved in the game. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, at the age of 15, as I mentioned, my mom is originally from a, a country in Africa, in Angola. And at the age of 15, she actually went to Angola on a somewhat business trip and ended up being stuck there for two years due to the civil war. So I started living by myself at that time, I had to drop out of school. And, uh, so when she came back and I was 17, there was an opportunity to come to the States and finish high school and, uh, and then go back. And um, so I, I came to the U.S., lived in Southern California with my godfather's family and, uh, you know, to finish high school. And then literally a month before I graduated high school, uh, I met this uh, this beautiful, amazing young lady and everything changed. Everything changed. And uh, and yes, about 30 years later uh, and three kids and uh, three states and a number of uh, different uh uh, university jobs and whatnot, you know, here we are at Utah State. Uh, so, so it's been an amazing journey. Uh, from that point on, um, I uh, started coaching at Silmar High School in San Fernando Valley, which I, that's where I graduated from. So it was, was um, you know, it was special for me to be able to coach at my alma mater. And then I uh, started coaching at LA Mission College, a junior college, also in the San Fernando Valley. I was there on the men's side of the game. And then uh, I had the opportunity to to do a, a soccer commercial. This was just before the the World Cup, so it was a commercial for American Airlines, uh, and this was before the two thousand and let's see ninety eight World Cup, two thousand and two World Cup, and uh, and I met Paul. Our best World Cup, by the way. Yeah, yeah, great World Cup. Yeah. So I met Paul Caligiuri at this uh, at this commercial. So we're in a commercial together, and so we became friends. And then fast forward a couple of years later, he got the job at Cal Poly Pomona, and he called me and uh, hired me to be his assistant coach. Um, so I worked there with him for three years. Um, at that during that time, I also got my my college degree, and um, you know, so it was it was actually it was an incredible opportunity. Learned a lot, grew a lot, but it was also really tough times because. My wife and I had two children at the time, so doing college full-time, coaching, commuting from the San Fernando Valley, it was a lot, but uh, but it paid off. Uh, but once I graduated, I felt there was a need to come back, uh, work closer to home, be around the family, you know, help the wife raise the kids. So we, uh, I, I left Cal Poly Pomona, went back to Mission College, and, uh, and started coaching club soccer in the San Fernando Valley. After being back at LA Mission for two years, in a conversation with BJ Snow, he offered me the opportunity to work with him at UCLA. It was that was a hard one to pass. Um, so so then I left uh, I left LA Mission and went to UCLA. That's when I transitioned to the women's side of the game, pretty much on a uh, and been there ever since. Was at UCLA for for three years, and then BJ left to be the head coach for the under seventeen national team. And I, I went with him. So I stayed on staff with the under 17 for a couple of cycles. During that process, um, uh, Kat Mertz offered me a, a job at, at the University of Oregon. Wife and I took a trip out there and loved Eugene and, and the state of Oregon. And so we decided it was a great opportunity. So we made the move. We're up there for seven years. 
and uh, and actually it was that through the transition. So worked with Cat for six years, worked with Graham Abel for his first season there. Uh, and then it came a time where, like most people, you 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 figure it's maybe time to 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 lead my own program, and uh, and the opportunity came up with Utah State. Um, and I saw it as a place that uh, has incredible potential. Has had much success in the past. Utah is a great uh, uh, soccer bed for soccer uh, and for recruiting. Uh, a great hotbed for soccer and recruiting. Uh, so took on this opportunity. Been here for now uh, two and a half years. We're in our third season. You know, having a great time. Still, so much uh, opportunity to grow and. Uh, and continue to compete at the highest levels, but have also hit some uh, some good benchmarks and had some great moments of success that we can look up, look back and uh, and enjoy. So that's sort yeah. of the cliff notes. I love it, and I love all those names. I know all those people, so it's fantastic. And I lived out in Southern Cal, and I you know I was with Paul Calajuri for years as the press officer of the '94 World Cup team, and uh, I love every tie that you have, man. Everything about you is 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 awesome even i didn't even i didn't even know the part of your mom being from angola so it's just bonus time here and your wife is it is it pronounced lorena or lorena 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 okay. and then yeah. three children isaiah emma and london what are they doing now coach well it's uh you know that's one of the uh the the great benefits of being here as well so isaiah is a junior at utah state now he's doing product design and then uh emma who's an avid uh, speech and debate, you know, a, a little, little shameless uh, brag, but she uh, finished top 10 in the nation last year. Um, you know, so we're really proud of her and she's now um, a freshman here at Utah state. And then London is our 13 year old and uh, uh, soon to be 13. And I've, I've been coaching his team this year. We, we put a team together, We've had a lot of fun, great group of kids. He loves the game gets up early in the morning to to watch Premier League with me. And, uh, you know, when I'm doing scouts, he's sitting next to me. And uh, so we're really enjoying being able to have them all still at home. And uh, even though Emma and Isaiah, they they have jobs, they have college, we only see them for a few minutes a day, but it's still nice to have them around because we know that soon enough they're going to spread their wings and fly. What an honor to spend time with Manny Martins. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that Kadani McAlpine kind of got you involved in the black soccer coaches community. Cause I call him the captain of cool after listening to you. I don't know. I might have to call Kadani and say, Hey, I think Manny's cooler, man. He's got too many tie-ins to me that I love. So no, uh, man, this is no this chance. Is awesome. No chance. I could not hold a candle to Kadani. <laughs> well, that, that's fair. Yeah, you're probably right, Manny. No offense. That guy is way too cool. Uh, I appreciate uh, your candor there for sure. Really enjoying this conversation. One of the things that I liked as well and doing a little bit of research is you have three women on your staff. And of course, it's never been a better time for women's sports in general. The NWSL seems to have everything back in order, which is really exciting. And I think the college grounds continue to be the great feeding ground toward the next level. USL is going to have the Super League. The opportunity to play overseas is incredible as well. But here you have three women under you, hopefully grooming them to become head coaches. Tell me why that was important to you to have those three women, Manny, because I'm impressed by that. Well, I think, you know, on the same note as we were speaking earlier about the representation when it comes from, you know, being a member of the black soccer coaches community, I think is 
you know, just as important, um, you know, to make sure that we're creating opportunities for female coaches. Cause I mean, I, I coach in a women's game and I've coached, I've been fortunate to coach some incredible athletes, but, uh, but more so than that, you know, people that, that have incredible uh, leadership qualities and that are inspiring, that are strong, that, uh, have great ideas and none of that is ever going to matter if they don't have an opportunity to, you know, to have a voice, to, to have an impact. Um, I mean, I tell you, obviously I have a mother, I have a wife, I have a daughter, um, and they're all smarter, stronger than me. Um, but I also have worked under the leadership of people like Jill Ellis, Kat Mertz. I mean, here, you know, at, at the university of Oregon, um, you know, our, our sports supervisor, Lisa Peterson, is probably one of the most influential uh, sports administrators in the country for college athletics. And then here at Utah State, I mean, uh, I have, you know, Amy Crosby and, you know, we have our new athletic director in Diana Sabah, who are incredibly accomplished and, and great leaders. Uh, and when I look at that now, I've been inspired and, uh, you know, not just inspired, but also mentored by so many strong and um, great female leaders. I think it is my job, my duty to continue to create a pathway and an avenue for for the future. Wow. Hard to find a better answer than that. And as you know, this is the United Soccer Coaches podcast, the conventions in Anaheim, which is a little closer to you. Not sure if you're going to be able to make it or not, but uh, if you are there, please stop by podcast row to say hello. And with that, you know, my final question for you, Manny, is when you hear those three words, it used to be NSCAA. Now it's United Soccer Coaches. What has that organization meant to you, sir? You know what? It's uh, it's an incredible organization. I don't think it gets enough credit. Uh, you know, I would say even especially for, for those of, of us who leave, live in uh, in the West Coast, because I think, um, you know, participation is not quite as strong as it is in the Midwest and the East Coast. But uh, but even from my days as when I started as a young coach, uh, you know, at Silmar High School, that was my resource. That's where I went to to find ideas, to learn. I, you know, I used to go to the convention every year. In the last couple of years, I haven't had a chance to go, but, but I plan to go this, this upcoming year. Um, <clears throat> but I met people and that worked and uh, met people, learned so much, uh, found resources, and continue to do so uh, because of the um, the this this incredible organization. I mean, and you know, this is how I became a part of the Black Soccer Coaches Association. I became a part of the Portuguese Soccer Coaches Associations, and none of that would have happened without me being a part of um, of the of the the organization. Period. So it means a lot to me. It's uh, and uh, you know it's it's an organization that I'm going to continue to be a part of, but I also want to uh, find ways to give back to it because I am where I am today in big part because of being a part of it. Wow, this has been great, Manny Martins. I'd been hoping to get you on after that big win over BYU. I want to wish you the best of luck tonight against UNLV and really appreciate uh, your time. This interview has been one of my favorites, Manny. Great to get to know you, and I hope to meet you in person someday soon. All the best to you, my man. Dean, thank you so much for having me. Again, I've enjoyed listening to, to your previous guests, and uh, I hope that I can come up uh, close to everybody else because your interviews are all great and you've had some great guests and uh, and i hope to meet you 
at the convention, if not before. Amen, full stop and period. Manny, my man. We're not done. When we return, we end the show meeting the recipient of the prestigious Mike Berticelli Award. It goes to the new Director of Coaching Education for United Soccer Coaches, Rob Herringer. We'll talk with Rob after this message. As a soccer coach, you're no stranger to developing your players. But how are you developing your own expertise? As a United Soccer Coaches member, you receive access to a range of resources, like our online learning platform, The Training Ground, to aid in the growth and enhancement of your coaching skills and career. From coaching education courses to lifestyle services, take advantage of new opportunities and member benefits with an annual United Soccer Coaches membership for just $125. Join the home of all coaches today at unitedsoccercoaches.org. Just a couple weeks ago, United Soccer Coaches announced the selection of Rob Herringer as the 2023 Mike Berticelli Excellence in Coaching Education Award recipient for his outstanding contributions teaching coaches and service to the game. Rob becomes the 24th person to receive the prestigious award from his peers. The award is named in honor of Mike Berticelli, the association's former vice president of education and men's coach at the University of Notre Dame who passed away in 2000. Rob was recently hired as the new United Soccer Coaches Director of Coaching Education. A native of Omaha, Nebraska, Rob has been a United Soccer Coaches member since 2000. He played collegially at Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas from 96 to 2000 for legendary coach John Casey. Rob holds the United Soccer Coaches Premier Diploma, the Master Coach Diploma, a U.S. Soccer A license, and professional development certificates from federations and clubs in Scotland and England. Rob began his coaching experience as the head coach for boys and girls at Leavenworth, Kansas High School. He held positions as the staff coach for Kansas Girls ODP, U.S. Youth Soccer Region 2 Boys, and head of the Kansas Boys ODP program. He has been director of coaching for the Leavenworth Soccer Association and Kansas Youth Soccer. In 2003, he was named the men's coach at his alma mater, Benedictine College, a position he held for 11 years before becoming the executive director of Elkhorn Soccer Club in Omaha, now the Elkhorn Athletic Association. After immersing himself in coaching education, Rob was asked to become an associate staff instructor for what was then the National Soccer Coaches Association Coaching Academy program, where he taught dozens of courses for the organization. He was later appointed a National Academy staff instructor, teaching upper-level national and advanced national diplomas, mentoring a new generation of coaches, it was his work at those events which caught the eye of senior staff and led to his nomination for the coveted Berticelli Award. The Berticelli Award will be presented at the Association's Awards Banquet on Friday, January 12, 2024, in conjunction with the 84th Annual United Soccer Coaches Convention in Anaheim, California. And with that, we welcome in this year's recipient of the Berticelli Award, Rob Herringer. Rob, congratulations, my man. Thank you so much. It's, uh, it's a huge honor for me. And uh I thank you and everyone else for supporting me in, in, in this process. I got to believe, Rob, that it's such a whirlwind as I just interviewed you not that long ago with you <laughs> taking over as the director of coaching education. Then you get this honor. There's only a few honors bigger than that. I mean, can you put into perspective what kind of whirlwind spin around that was? Honestly, I'm not one to um, draw attention to myself or, you know, just just make a big deal about what I do. I just kind of put my head down and grind. Um, and to be recognized twice in such a short period of time uh, is very humbling for me. And 
I, I can't tell you how much it means to me. It's just a huge honor to not only be in this role as the director of coaching education, but then to receive the Berticelli Award on top of that. It's been an amazing uh, six weeks for me, for sure. I don't know, you know, your DNA, Rob, but I'm getting to know you better. And I I already like you a lot. I loved our last <laughs> interview as well. And I've told you that you're welcome anytime on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. But if you're anything like me, my first call would be to my wife, you know, like, so <laughs> what, what did you do? Was that your first call or what'd you do? Uh, yeah. So um, it was actually uh, a really, really neat moment for me. Um, we were in a staff meeting, my very first staff meeting here at the national office and uh, Doug Williamson, he is the uh, chair of this award and he, he joins our staff meeting virtually uh, to, announce who the winner was uh, of this year's Berticelli award. And of course he, uh, he lets everyone know it was me and to be recognized like that in front of my new coworkers was just, just an amazing experience. And quite frankly, it was very emotional because, you know, you're just sitting here in the room with all these brand new uh, coworkers and colleagues. And, and then one of your mentors is up on the computer screen, giving you one of the biggest awards that this association has, in my opinion. So uh, humbled, um, blown away, and it, it was a great experience there to have it at the staff meeting. But uh, certainly when the staff meeting was over, uh, my wife's a school teacher, so I had to text her. I, I wasn't able to call her, and that's that's how things work during the school year. And I was just very, very proud to be able to uh, let her know that I won this award. And I honestly, I wouldn't be here without her support. So uh, it just made it even more special that I got to share it with her. Yeah. And it's not like my wife goes to every game I call and she probably turns the sound <laughs> out when I'm calling games, yeah. but did your wife, was she able to get the perspective of how big this is? I think so. You know, just because she knows, um, you know, I I've taken the time to let her know how much this, this association means to me and that, how much it's done for me in my career and for us as a family, Certainly, sometimes I wonder how much she really understands uh, the gravity of some of these things, you know, but she's a, she's a former player. So I think she gets she gets it pretty well. Uh, and of course, she doesn't she didn't know Coach Burt, but um, she knows how people speak about him. And uh, to be just mentioned in the same breath is, is just again, it's just a, such an honor. And uh, I, I think she's getting it a little bit now. Rob, you probably figured out I wanted to read the entire release because really the Berticelli Award often goes to somebody who has a diverse background, touching all kinds of different levels. And you've indeed done that. And I think it's an important part of who you are. Would you would you agree with that? Like being able to work in so many different ways in the game was an important part of your development. Yeah, it's it's funny how it all worked out, you know, and, and I'm not done. Obviously, I have a lot that I still want to do, but um, these opportunities just present themselves at the right times, I think. And uh, I was blessed with an opportunity just to jump right in and be a head coach at 22 years old. Not many, many not too many people can get to say that. Uh, and I was a head coach um, of two programs uh, uh, as a 22 year old. So I got to experience the high school game. And then of course uh, the Benedictine job opened up and I was lucky enough to get that so I could experience the collegiate game. And then I had an opportunity to go home to Omaha and uh, give back to the Nebraska State Soccer Association and the Omaha community by serving at, in Elkhorn. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's kind of neat to see how it's all panned out. I, I certainly didn't plan it all that way. Um, these these opportunities just kind of presented themselves to me along the way. 
so uh, I'm, I'm just happy that I've had all the experiences because I feel like it's, it's prepared me for this job. And I feel like pretty much everything that's been thrown at me so far anyway, I, I've been able to rely on some experience and some background uh, to help me through some of these situations already. So very lucky person. Indeed. And pretty cool that uh, you won the award in front of your staff and they could yeah. kind of see what it meant to you. And then also Doug Williamson, who I have all the time for, love that man. The fact <laughs> that he presented it with you is extra special as well. Get us up to date. How are things going? Are you, uh, have you found a place in Kansas? You still looking? How's that transition going? Yeah. So right now um, for this school year, the remainder of the school year, our, our son Connor is a senior. So uh, we're letting him finish up his senior year up in Omaha. And then my wife's a, a teacher up there in the, in the same school district. So both of them have some work to do to finish the school year. And uh, I've been commuting back and forth uh, from KC to Omaha and I'm in the national office Monday through Thursday, and then I work from home on Friday. I would say that uh, it's gone very, very well, better than I expected so far. Certainly, I miss my family. Um, that's my team. We're, we're a small group, but we're tight. And I'm not quite myself when they're not around, but it's allowed me to actually focus on the important tasks I have in front of me here with this role. So uh, I don't have them with me yet. We haven't officially moved to Kansas. We won't do that uh, until the end of the school year, but my wife's from Kansas and her entire family uh, lives in Kansas. So she's really excited about getting back. And uh, I think my son's coming around to it as well after getting used to living in Omaha for, for the last eight years. Uh, but it's, it's gone very well, honestly, and, uh, I'm, I'm staying plenty busy. So it's keeping my mind off of being away from home. Oh, that makes sense. And we can't wait for you to have your family there closer. And I respect the fact that, uh, you know, you're like me, like I'm lost without my wife and <laughs> kids as well. And, uh, you know, kind of feel sometimes out there on an Island, but love when we get back together. So it just makes the weekends that much better. I, I do want to shout out to Nebraska though. I've been thinking a lot about you because, I've been calling a lot of the Nebraska women's soccer team mm -hmm. and they're having a great year. And then of course on the big 10 network, not that long ago in Lincoln, and we had 92,000 show up yeah. for a volleyball game in Lincoln. And it's kind of like making you stop and say, wow, Nebraska's pretty cool. There's some cool people there. You saw that, right? You saw that oh, volleyball. Yeah. Game. I mean, what'd you think of that? Uh, it's incredible for, for women's sports, for volleyball, for the university. It was just a special night. Uh, I didn't get to go to the game, but uh, certainly uh, plenty of people did. <laughs> we had 92,000 uh, folks there for that game. And I know uh, just from hearing from the players and, you know, Coach John Cook, who is an absolute legend, by the way, we can all learn from John Cook. Uh, even though we're soccer coaches, we can learn from him. Uh, it was just a very special day. Not surprising, uh, having been born and raised in Nebraska, uh, that Nebraska fans rallied around the, the volleyball team like that. Um, pretty much they rally around every sport like that. And uh, it, it is a special place, uh, Memorial Stadium, and just the whole vibe around the stadium, not just during football games, but obviously in situations like this. Uh, it just lets people know that it is a special place. They like to say there's no place like Nebraska. And I got to say, I, I don't know if I've run across a, another uh, state that supports their you know, we they're, they're collegiate athletics and not just uh, University of Nebraska, but UNO, Creighton. Um, our fans come out full force and support those kids with their whole hearts. And uh, it's just neat to be a part of that. And I want to tie it back to soccer then, because you're right, Creighton and UNO are brilliant soccer programs with great 
fan support and the history mm-hmm. of winning a lot of games, producing a lot of great alumni. But then I look at John Walker, who's been coaching over 30 mm-hmm. years at Nebraska. One of the things he's most proud of is when you look at the starting 11 for the Cornhuskers, it's like 90% Nebraskans. Yeah. John always reminds me, he's like, it's not that big a state for soccer, yet it's producing these players that I think Nebraska could challenge to win the Big Ten tournament. They're that good. That's got to make you proud knowing the role you played in Nebraska. Oh, you know, I just played a small role uh, in what's going on up there. But I have to tell you that we have phenomenal soccer players in Nebraska. And the reason why they're receiving a lot of these opportunities to play at the Division One level and sometimes beyond I mean, you look at a Duncan McGuire, for example, that's an Omaha boy who went to Creighton and now he's just destroying it in the MLS. Um, It's because not only do we have really good soccer players and families who support those kids and their journeys, but we have good coaching too. And uh, it's easy to say, oh, well, it's Nebraska, it's flyover country or whatever you might say, but uh, there's some good things going on there. And there's some really, really good people working with our kids and uh, you know, I just tried for those eight years that I was uh, back home, I just tried to give back in every way that I could, whether that was teaching a course or uh, presenting at a convention or just helping local coaches out. I just tried to do as much as I could in the short period of time that I was there to just give back because that place was is so special to me. Uh, and, and I wouldn't be here with you today if it wasn't for those experiences back in Nebraska. So there's a lot of good things going on there. And I'm, I'm happy that the nation's kind of getting to see some of that. A lot of good things will be going on that Friday night on January 12th at the honors awards bank, but I've had the great pleasure of co-hosting that. I guess I didn't realize it, but I guess this will be my 13th year doing it along with Dr. Ray Seaflake. It'll be a special night. It'll be a long night, Rob, just so you know, so be ready for that uh, and <laughs> tell right. your wife and, and family as well. But eventually okay. we're going to call you up there to receive the Berticelli Award. If you could just kind of fast forward your mind a little bit to that evening on January 12th, knowing it's going to be a crazy busy week <laughs> for you. Uh, are you excited about that night? I'm excited. I I'm worried that I'm going to be, uh, you know, a little bit of a wreck when, when my name gets called, it, it does mean a lot to me. Uh, and when, when I found out it was an emotional, um, you know, few minutes there for me, just knowing the company that I'm in and how much this award means to this association. So, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yes. I'm going to do my best to keep it together <laughs> during, during that, that portion of the evening, but it just shows you and everyone else how much it means to me. So I'm okay with it. I'm not afraid to show my emotions every now and then. Just know, Rob, that I will definitely have my hand out depending on what side you walk <laughs> up on the stage. So I plan on shaking your hand. Don't forget me. Don't leave me hanging up there, okay? I promise I won't leave you hanging. No way. All right, Rob Herringer, the recipient of this year's Mike Berticelli Award, a special honor indeed. Well-deserved. Congratulations, Rob. Thank you so much. It's It's been a pleasure speaking with you again, and I can't wait to be up on that stage with you. I can't wait either. I want to thank all of our guests. I also want to thank Bailey Conklin and the great people at United Soccer Coaches. Of course, I want to thank our producer, Colin Thrash. For each and every one of you and all of them, I'm Dean Linke. I'll see you next week for another special edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps.
Thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. To learn more about League Apps, find them at leagueapps.com or as League Apps on all of the social networks. And to learn more about United Soccer Coaches, visit us at unitedsoccercoaches.org.